Well, there's not a lot of good news out there, but there's some. Uh, business and consumer sentiment in Australia didn't look great yesterday. Inflation expectations are rising in New Zealand, and small businesses are even more pessimistic in the United States. Then there's the banks in Europe arguing that a recession might actually boost inflation, not temper it. But maybe we could look forward to falling prices in China's PPI numbers today. If they export a lot for less, maybe that's going to help bring prices down. We'll talk about that and the midterms and the lack of COVID U-turns. Yes, it's downturns, midterms and no U-turns. This Wednesday morning is the 9th of December, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, I say there's not a lot of good news out there, but if you're a U.S. equity investor, then you'll be quite happy because it's been a good day for U.S. equities, although volatile. It's been a bit choppy, uh, but uh, at close, we saw a 1% rise in the Dow, the S&P 500 up 0.6%, the Nasdaq up half a percent. It was actually around 1.4% up earlier, but it's also been in the red. That's how choppy the session has been. So consumer durables and retail, uh, they're the sectors in the red. Energy stocks not doing that well either. And we've seen four Falls in oil, WTI down 2.7%, Brent down 2.3%, below $96 a barrel now. Stocks doing well in Europe as well, where the Eurostox 50 closed up 0.8%, the DAX rose 1.1%. It's up almost 12% over the last month, which is twice what the S&P 500 has managed, and obviously way better than the NASDAQ, which has only moved up 0.6% in the last month. The US dollar is down on the DXY, losing about 0.4%, which has helped the Aussie, which is up 0.4% to 65 US cents. The euro is up half a percent, the Japanese yen up 0.7%, and bond yields down. I did ask yesterday. Why do they keep rising? Well, 10-year treasuries down eight basis points today. 10-year gilts down nine basis points. German bund yields down six. Uh, but Aussie 10-year yields, well, they were up 13 basis points yesterday, up to around 4.03%, but falling back by 11 basis points since on futures. And it's Nabs Ray Atrell on the uh, morning call. Well, I haven't spoken in for a while. Uh, <laughs> joining us from Sydney. So, uh, Ray, welcome back after all this time. Um, Thank you. Good morning. The uh, Yesterday, we saw that the that whole thing about the Australian consumer sentiment, which has fallen quite a bit, so has business confidence, but businesses seem still less concerned about the future than consumers do. I mean, that you know, it's a, every, everyone's pessimistic about the future, but consumers are more pessimistic than business, it seems. And I think that was the, the, the same story last month, wasn't it? I think we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? How to reconcile, mm. and then the NAMT economists have, have written quite a lot about it, effectively. I think you need to remember that the, um, you know, the Consumer Confidence Survey is, is far more forward-looking in terms of how the survey is phrased um, you know, relative to the to the uh, business survey, which is sort of saying, well, how are things right now? And and right now, <laughs> um, you know, business conditions are still you know very elevated, indeed, you know, elevated uh, above sort of pre-pandemic levels. But if you look at business confidence, you know, we are seeing you know the cracks appearing there, and quite a significant fall across most sectors and across most um, most states. So to some extent, I think, you know, confidence is sort of business confidence is catching up with the earlier uh, weakness mm. in consumer confidence, which, you know, really has, um, you know, was startlingly weak. Um, in fact, if you just take out the April 2020, you know, crunch in the, the you know, the, the first month, first full month of the pandemic, um, this is actually uh, confidence is plumbing debts um, that actually exceed those seen during the global financial crisis. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and the, you know, the, the 
underneath the hood, if you like, of those headline numbers, um, it clearly is the fact that you know interest rates are really starting to to eat into consumer confidence, the budget, um, and the sort of the message that um, you know there's nothing too much there for consumers to cheer about. In fact, the opposite, um, I think, has worn, and I think something like forty percent of consumer service, which is a record high, so they're going to spend less money this Christmas. Um, than yeah. they have previously. So, um, you know, so well, all similar, in all, I think similar surveys a- with similar numbers uh, mm-hmm. in the UK as well, and I'm sure it's the case in uh, in the United States mm-hmm. as well. I've started getting uh, emails for early Black Friday deals, sort of like three right. weeks early. So, mm-hmm. certainly the retail sector is in a bit of a panic mode, isn't it? It uh, certainly seems to be, anyway. And uh, yes, I think that, that you know, a lot of the, uh, as I say, that the, the business, the news channels here, not the business news channels, are all talking about, you know, do your Christmas shopping at. Uh, uh, during the Black Friday, uh, or Cyber, was it Cyber Monday sales? So, uh, so let's see. Mm. I think the other thing, just to add on the uh, on that business survey, is that um, although pricing indicators remain off their highs, they're still showing very elevated. You know, retail prices three percent in quarterly terms. You know, in the three months through uh, October, um, purchase costs four point one percent up from three point seven percent. So, um, so although they're off their highs, you know, I think you have to say, given the you know the RBA's message last Friday from the statement of monetary policy was that they see underlying inflation falling quite sharply from what the the uh, the bank thinks will be a Q four twenty twenty three. Uh, peak um, isn't being borne out effectively. Or we're saying, look, there's upside risks from our survey relative to the uh, to the the RBA's forecasts of, of what might be happening in the first half of next year, as far as uh, moderation and inflation is concerned. And job ads, they retreated a little yesterday, didn't they? In the Seek job ads report, five months in a row, they've fallen now from that peak in May. So, thirteen and a half percent below their May peak now, but almost. Uh, 48% above pre-pandemic levels. So it's still a very tight labour market, isn't it? Just ever so slightly less tight. So, I mean, even though we're talking about, you know, this unusual situation where we're sort of looking at less demand, recession fears, but, you know, people have still got jobs. No, absolutely. And again, that shows up in the business survey with with capacity utilisation still uh, still at very, very elevated levels simply because people are still struggling to uh, to hire staff. Uh, but as you say, the, mm. the, you know, the job, I think overall, you know, if you take the, 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 the consumer confidence survey, take job ads, um, you know, take the, uh, the the confidence readings in the, in the business outlook. And you'd certainly say that it does add up to signs that, um, you know, that, that some of the heat may be starting to come out of the labour market. But um, does that mean that we're, you know, we're likely to see, you know, wages growth here uh, significantly less than we're seeing in other countries? Well, I think that's still a very, very, um, a very open question. So we'll certainly be keen to see what the um, the wage price index has to has to say uh, in the next uh, next little while. And inflation expectations shooting up for New Zealand uh, yesterday. So that's sort of concreting in that expectation of a seventy five basis point rate hike from uh, the RBNZ next month. Although, yeah, I think so. I think so. Although, let's bear in mind, as our BNZ colleagues remind us, that's a survey of thirty three people between thirty and fifty people. Supposedly, all experts in the know, like econo- like economists, for example. All oh, right, okay. Well, we can completely discount <laughs> they know that. What's then. going on? So, <laughs> but it won't be. I mean, I think the point that uh, that they were making yesterday is that um, you know it won't be welcome news to uh, RBNZ Governor uh, Adrian Orr, who got reappointed for a five year term yesterday. Right. Um, you know, despite missing the inflation target, but uh, so uh, so dramatically. Mm. But um, anyway, no, but not uh, as I say, not something I think we should put much weight on. But nevertheless, direction of travel there 
not what the RBNZ would want to see. Yeah. Okay. Now, the uh, in the United States, uh, the small business sentiment read overnight from the NFIB uh, was came in lower for October, ninety one point three. By the way, I can't access their website because they don't allow foreigners into it, which is a bit uh, so I can't, can't get into the detail on this. But anyway, it's down. So, uh, but before that, two gains in a row. So, I mean, is it that bad? I mean, because the, these are often, you know, in the past, this has been a good uh, warning sign for recession, hasn't it? It's been the canary in the coal mine because if small business is hurting, then the economy is going to feel it. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, to be honest, looking at the number, 91.3 from 92.1, I'd, yeah. I'd have to say I'd so probably what? classify that in the uh, in the noise bucket. Yeah. Um, and what we have seen is that, uh, you know, business optimism has sort of, to some extent, has, has, has reflected the sort of, you know, the political landscape where optimism, you know, most small businesses tend to be um, Republican supporters and their optimism tends to go, mm. you know, to go up when uh, when their their party is in power, well, if you like. It'll be so, shooting up now. So then. presumably, <laughs> so presumably, when Donald Trump is president in uh, in 2024, that optimism reading is going to be uh, it's going to be sky high. In which respect, um, let me just say that I think the strength that we're seeing in equity markets this afternoon in in New York is very much a reflection of the midterm elections. Um, we probably won't know the outcome for perhaps another 24 hours or so, or even longer. Uh, but markets are clearly trading in anticipation. Um, that the Republicans are certainly going to win the House and uh, more likely than not may wrest control of the Senate. And that gridlock um, is typically a, a positive for equity market performance you know, in the period between the midterms and the end of the year. Indeed, almost regardless of the outcome of midterms, I was just looking at some numbers going back to the 1960s. You know, on average, the S&P has gone up sort of something like between four and five percent between November and December. So I think it's a case of, you know, by the rumour or markets getting its retaliation in first. But uh, certainly I can't see any other uh, reason for uh, for the strength that we're seeing in equity. Well, it's inter- yeah, well, it's interesting on that, isn't it? Because, of course, you know, it went up last week when we had this uh, this optimism that there was going to be an end to zero COVID in, in China. Then uh, when it was sort of like announced that, well, that wasn't going to be the case, we didn't really see any, you know, significant reversal, not to the same extent anyway. And now they're, they're, they're up again. But it looks like that zero covid policy thing has been put to bed we can we can forget about that now but Donald well, Trump, did you say that but uh, i do think there the, the, there's still a little bit of you know there's no smoke without fire and and even if you know there's not going to be any immediate change i think we've got a real foretaste uh, of how markets are going to behave as and when we do start to see some some relaxations and you know um you know maybe it's not going to be this year but if, if markets thought realistically you know there's still a chance something happens in the early part of next year or there's some announcement regarding you know uh, a, a new vaccination campaign for example embracing the the you know mrna vaccines and we did have uh, olaf schultz didn't we uh, meeting with President Xi um, at the end of last week, and uh, Pfizer BioNTech did come up in conversation. So, uh, mm. so I think markets are saying, okay, there was nothing to see. There was nothing to see there, um, but there may well be in the months ahead. So that's why I think we haven't seen markets fully retrace some right. of that uh, China opening optimism that we saw last week. So talking about China, we get PPI and CPI data. Uh, we know demand is falling, uh, but are prices, you know, we saw those in the trade figures, but are prices rising or are they are they going to fall? And if they fall, what does that mean for the rest of the world? Could I mean, presumably that's going to help with, uh, you know, temper inflation at the very least. 
Absolutely. And I think that uh, you know, the expectation is that those producer prices um, are actually going to turn negative in year-on-year terms. Obviously, we've seen commodity prices uh, are coming off, and that's part of the story there. But uh, as mm. a rule of thumb, I would say if, if China PPI is negative, then it's not long before China will be exporting goods deflation to the rest yeah, of the world. Perfect. So uh, that is going to be of some interest. And as for CPI, it's still seen as a, a benign, very benign, 2.4, I think down from 2.8. Um, the uh, the loose um, China target for inflation is around 3%. That tells you that uh, inflation in, is not happening in China and there's not, you know, there's no constraint on, on easier policy other than the risk that it, uh, it provokes, uh, you know, an increase in capital outflows and perhaps some further unwarranted or unwanted uh, downward pressure on the uh, Chinese one. Now, just back to Donald Trump, very, very quickly, uh, a man who likes to put on a show, he announced uh, overnight that he will be making an announcement. Uh, I, I think he's rushing into this. What about the announcement for an announcement about an No, that would just be silly, <laughs> wouldn't it? So he's made an announcement about an announcement next week, and uh, he says it's going to be important. We know it's that he's going to stand. The market, I mean, this is two years off, so right. we're not going to see any market reaction, or will the, um, well, we know the NFIB uh, survey will shoot up on this news, but, I mean, is it, is it going to have any material effect, the, the prospect that two years' time we might have another Trump presidency? But, uh, well, I mean, I think that uh, there are all sorts of potential implications from that, which we're not going to go into uh, here and now, at least anyway. But I think markets are fully anticipating uh, that the announcement will be that he's standing. And I think, uh, you know, the reason that he's put it off till next week is because he wants to see that the Trump endorsed candidates in the in the current midterms you know are performing at least as well or, or better perhaps than other candidates and i think that will just be confirmation that he thinks he's in with a very very good shot of actually winning the presidency yeah. assuming that he does uh, he does well, throw his hat into the ring so watch this space otherwise who else that's that's the question isn't it uh, look uh, let's look at europe very quickly uh, am i right in thinking really that the ecb and the the bank of england now it it seems to be the expectation is that maybe rates won't go quite as high as been as had been anticipated but they're going to stay elevated for longer that seemed to be what christine lagarde has been suggesting and it looks like the uk uh, market forecasts have come down off their peak uh, so i mean is 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 that is that the scenario that most people are assuming now that it's going to be not as high but longer um <sighs> Possibly, possibly. I mean, money market pricing hasn't really, as far as sort of outside the US, you know, hasn't really shifted much, or in the US for that matter. And it's still, you'd still say that the big, you know, the big divergence, if you like, between markets and certainly the Fed is that, the, you know, the Fed's not having a bar of the thoughts that they're going to be cutting rates in the back end of next year. And yet markets, you know, insist that if rates are going up to something close to 5% in the first half of the year, they'll be cutting in, you know, no later than the end of the year, which does conform to an historical pattern where there's only typically a sort of seven to eight month lag between the, the, the peak in the in the tightening cycle and the start of the easing. But um, but if, if, if there's a couple of curious comments. We've had the ECB's Wunsch, Wunsch sorry, I can't, I'm not sure how to pronounce them this time of the morning, saying that uh, if the recession is deep, he suggests that may be more, not less, inflationary. And we've had Hugh Pill, the chief economist at the Bank of mm. England, you know, out suggesting that, um, you know, that, that 
reductions in the size of the UK labour force is something that could keep upward pressure on inflation. So, uh, you know, here you're talking about effectively reduced capacity as a, you know, as, as an added sort of upward input on, on inflation. But that, and that would certainly play, you know, if not to the view that policy would have to be tightened by uh, by more than markets expect. But as you say, that um, it's make, it may take longer to wring inflation out of the system in those environments, which could mean, you know, policy rates staying uh, higher for longer. There we are. That that just proves, doesn't it? Economists can argue anything in any direction. So in inflation is going to. Uh, we haven't got time to discuss the intricacies of how a recession how else, can boost how else inflation. Do we keep our jobs for for as long as we do. <laughs> That's right. How do we fill up a podcast every day for seven years? Yeah. So look, uh, central bank speakers today. Um, uh, the Fed's John Williams. Uh, he's at an event in Zurich uh, locally. Uh, Michelle Bullock, Deputy Governor of the RBA, is speaking this evening at the Australian Business Economist Annual Dinner talking about it's called the economic outlook so are you going along to that by the way uh, no i haven't uh, haven't, really? haven't had the invitation but uh, really? well you know uh, well you know as a market analyst it's probably easy to stay in front of the news wires and, and you get the news just as quickly and and and, and can comment on it but uh, anyway some of my colleagues will be there i'm sure that uh, the tapas will be there reporting live in situ so uh, so uh, <laughs> Uh, NAB clients will have the benefit of his wisdom um, uh, almost in real time, I suspect. Um, and it is, I mean, it is the ABE, so it's definitely going to be have a, a strong macroeconomic focus. There's usually, I mean, I have been to those in the past, and there's usually a very extensive Q&A as well. So um, I think there'll be probably quite a lot to digest out of that. In the old and, uh, days. When and John Williams from the New York Fed is one of the uh, one of the big four, I would say. So, um, you know, and there's an event in, in Europe there, so that'll be greeting us here um, early evening, uh, our time. So watch out for that too right okay in the olden days i was going to say when you were important enough to get those sorts of invitations ray it's just a in the twilight years uh, are we uh, done okay. here? <laughs> <laughs> good to talk we'll catch you again next time whenever you're next on we'll see you then thanks ray thanks so much cheers well not like ray to turn down a free dinner that's for sure that's it for today this wednesday morning i'm phil dobby for nab i'll catch you again tomorrow morning whatever you have tonight enjoy your dinner won't you i'll see you tomorrow